In a world full of distractions, there is one big question on every dog owner's lips. How do I become more than just the person holding the other end of the leash? We all get dogs of a dream in mind, a vision of the future. And if right now your everyday reality isn't quite that picture you had in mind, you are in the right place. It really doesn't have to be this way. You absolutely can and will be more to your dog than just the person who gets in between them and the world. The key is you need to be more sexy. More sexy than the neighbourhood cat. More sexy than the jogger in the park. More sexy than that half-eaten hamburger they just found on the floor. And yes, even more sexy than the dog across the road. I'm Tom. And I'm Lauren. Together Together we are Absolute Absolute Dogs. Dogs. And you're listening to the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast. to this episode of the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast, the podcast that teaches you how to be the very best dog owner for your dog. But to be honest, this episode is probably about teaching your dog how to be the very best dog for you as the owner. Why is that? And this is for you as the owner and your family, because recently I think we've had the um, joy and the pain Mm -hmm. of welcoming uh, a new family member. Uh, And our new family member is apparently Tigger Mm -hmm. from Winnie the Pooh. Now, Tigger from Winnie the Pooh has moved in uh, she basically jumps higher than head height yeah. and quite frequently uh, and she also um, does this for a pastime and quite enjoys it uh, and I suppose it's really like um, hit home quite how important jumping up or more importantly not jumping up that would is, be nice right like how <laughs> how desirable it is and I suppose this is a huge pain point for many many families mm. many many owners um, I was about to ask you guys to put your hands up if that was you and then I realised uh, we we can't put see you right now, but anyway, put your hand up anyway. Unless you're, unless you're driving. driving. Keep your hands on the wheel, yeah. firmly on the wheel. So, uh, yeah, it's certainly uh, a new pain point. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it Also, there's a part of it that entertains me until it goes wrong. So I was saying uh, just the other day, I was chatting uh, about this earlier with you, Tom, and, and she literally all four feet off the floor in like a Superman sort of style in the sense that it's like, it's, it's like not even, you don't even... Lift off. I've just never seen it. I've yeah. never seen anything quite like it. And the level of enjoyment she gets from doing it. Yeah. So there we have it. There's our struggle. There's our problem. And the cool thing is, is we thought, well, we need to dedicate an entire episode of the podcast to this because actually jumping up at people and guests and you as owners is one of the most commonly requested bits of teaching and that the Ask team receives. It also, and, and the Ask team, if you don't know them, that's our super cool customer service team. They are amazing. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't if you haven't heard of the Ask team. But basically, it's also one of the most painful problems yeah. that people go through, whether that's knocking a child over or not allowing a person to have visitors yeah. because they're so worried about the experience that visitor might have mm-hmm. when they come to the house. Whether it's you as an owner and you feel a bit fragile and a bit yeah. maybe vulnerable to your dog jumping and up. I, I know an owner, for example, I was just thinking, lovely, lovely owner who her dog knocked her over and she broke a rib. Yeah. Like yeah, it's, yeah. it's quite like it, it's, it's quite serious. It's, it's big. And you know, also some of you might have multi-dog households where you've got an elderly dog and you've got a young dog and it's actually the young dog jumping up at the elderly dog that is, you know, is part of that and as it's, well. It's a painful process yeah. when you go through it and when you experience it. And I go, I know that you guys are going to go, yeah, I know this, I've been through this or I know someone who's going through this. Yeah. And, and I think it's one of those moments that you realize that actually you are vulnerable to their behavior in yeah. that, in that, 
that sense. And it might just fill your bucket. It might just upset you, frustrate you, get you dirty on a day when you're about to get out for um, something smart and, and your dog's got paw prints all over you. Like yeah. it, it just can, it can make that relationship fragile. I've just got one very quick story. Walking a dog when I was younger, uh, this man walking towards us in a white suit. I was walking Hungarian Vizsla, lovely, lovely dog. And I remember seeing that moment where she launched towards this man in his very like nice, creamy sort of white suit. Mm. And I remember thinking, oh dear Lord, this can't happen to me. Oh dear Lord, this really can't happen yeah. to me. And guess what? It did happen to me. And so what I would say is um, there are many painful points about owning a dog yeah. that jumps up and yeah. we want to help you with them. Yeah, I have a very awkward um, date story. Oh my? Yeah. A, a coat got muddy footprints <gasps> on it. Oh, the relationship was over. The date was over. Sad. Yeah. Poor Tom. <laughs> it's a lucky escape. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, guys, we want to talk about jumping up, and um, and and really, we we've got some some tips for you. Really, almost like strategies that we want to share and with you. We, we've given you the problem. We've given you lots yeah. of the problem. Now, let's work towards something that we like to do a lot here at Absolute Dogs, and that is ninety five percent of our focus is going to be on the solution. Yeah, absolutely. So, first things first. Our, our first kind of top tip strategy game changer for jumping up is is a really simple one and that is that we don't give our dogs immediate access to the front door so whether that is the front door that guests are coming through or actually the front door that maybe you're coming through we if you're working on this literally make that front door not a dog area yeah. so in whatever way we can whether that's um, gated communities puppy pens um, mm. maybe a different room as our um, dog's sort of first port of call yeah. like we, we don't give them access to that first like and it's, porch or front door area. It's really important because it's a pinch point, right? It's an area where, you know, there's not much space. There tends to be a lot of energy and movement in that space. Um, and of course, that ups our dog's arousal levels. The other thing is, is there's limits on what we can do when we've got, I don't know, three Tesco shopping bags and other brands available we've got our keys you know in our mouth and we're trying to open the door and we're, we're getting through the door and our dog's jumping up at us that is not a, a place of training and right it's not it's not a place of pleasurable experience like you know what it's gonna cause you more frustration and more pain by allowing that so um, i remember working on a seminar i was out in bermuda and um, a man said so, so what you just don't let them near the front door and i said no, no absolutely not and he said so what you don't ever have them at the front door i said no not really I try to use the side door or the back door or another door or if I need to use that door then I actually will still use gated communities and only invite them there when I want them there mm. and he said well how do you work in an open plan house I'm like well I work out a puppy pen or a gated mm -hmm. community or a crate or a different space or another room or I work it out. Like yeah. I don't make it a problem. And if 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 it is a big problem to the house and the space, then I look at how can I recreate that space to be conducive to my learning yeah. because I know that front door point can easily be a problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So um, th I guess that that's the first tip. And that's definitely the case when it comes to guests and visitors. Well, what you don't want is that, you know, small space, lots of energy, lots of hellos and excitement. Dogs are not going to make great choices there. And so what we do with guests is we actually bring our guests into the environment and, you know, get them sat down. They've got their coffee or their tea or whatever, it, you know, their wine, whatever it might be. And then we would bring our dogs into the space if it's appropriate for that dog and their learning right there and then. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the big thing is here that 
we really, 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 we get to make the decisions. Mm. Like we get to be the decision maker. We get to be the person that says yes or no. We get to yeah. be the person that says, actually, this is appropriate or this isn't appropriate. It's us that make that decision. Yeah. So next tip that we've got for you is we really try to inspire a certain concept when it comes to guests, and that is disengagement. What we want is our, absolutely our dogs should interact with I think our, it's a moment for Lizzo, Tom. It is. You know, it's that, it's that moment of your dog sees the guests and think, oh, yeah, I like them. I'm not scared of them I do my hair toss I check my nails and I walk away and Tom does that regularly <laughs> don't you <laughs> my dogs do um, and, so, and the thing um, is he uh, he likes that you can see the look he's practiced that the, one the thing is guys that I, I, you know I joke about that song being like the disengagement song but the reality is to the point that, that we've had people ask us what paper yeah, it is and where they yeah, find the paper by Lizzo the dog trainer Lizzo dog trainer podcast uh, but the, the point is that um, that really symbolises that disengagement is not just about moving away it's about totally detaching yourself from the idea that you're going to engage and interact with that thing and that's what we're looking for with our dogs we we love our dogs to be part of our households and and be part of the the space when it comes to our guests but really we don't want all of our dog's brain focusing on interacting with the guests and being excited about the guests and being stimulated by the guests. And so actually, it really is a disengagement game that we teach. Now, the cool thing is, because we got so many requests for this teaching, we actually made um, a lesson of Absolute Dogs TV about it, which is the YouTube channel. So you can head to YouTube, you can search Absolute Dogs, and there is an episode on there. Um, and make sure to subscribe to the channel while you're there, because there's a new update each week. There's an episode on there um, that explains and shows you and demonstrates a game that we play when it comes to stopping dogs jumping up. And it's one that Mango's playing right now, and right? And it's definitely something that Mango needs to work on and will continue to work yeah. on. And it's one of those ones that you want to have like practice and, and um, grow in the right direction. Yeah. Minimize what you don't want, grow what you do want, and those are important. So next tip, and I think this is really, really vital, and I think this is um, super um, important to consider, and it kind of leads on from that and your YouTube lesson is what they rehearse they become so what they rehearse they become so think about their whole day and how they spend their day and how often are they rehearsing this as a behavior because the more they rehearse what you don't want the more they become what you don't want the more they do what you don't want so just consider where are they rehearsing this who is allowing them to rehearse this don't I I personally don't allow my dogs to rehearse this Mm -hmm. this is something we we don't allow them to rehearse at the same time um, with um, I don't know Tokyo I've got a cue that means he can jump up Mm -hmm. but it's very much on cue Uh, with a dog like Mango I don't even think I put it on cue right now I literally think I would pretty much be like actually this is there can what we're be no not rehearsing gray, there can be no gray area and in fact you know taking um talking about an example training from a different species i was doing some horse training recently and um that is a great example of if you've got a horse that really gets in your space and walks into you so 500 kilo beast right that's that's slightly not different kettle heavier fish. feet um and if they don't understand personal space then that could be quite dangerous and quite quite worrying and so we what, what i was discussing with the the owner is actually how well if we keep kind of like as much as like kisses and selfies are, are great and and lovely actually we need to make it really clear where the value is right now and the value needs to be a little bit away from you and sure we can you know we can blur the lines and make it gray later on but right now, when 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 a, a horse or a dog's not understanding something, and we're teaching them where the value is, we can't be like, oh, okay, a little bit, and then oh no, the value is over there. Oh, okay, a little bit.
bit. Oh, no, the value's over there. Because in a way, that's quite cruel, right? We're, the, we're not setting up the world to really teach them what needs to pop, be taught. Pop the boundaries in, make them super clear, and then grow from there. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess that that kind of is a, a an extra tip there, that yet dogs will become more of what they do every day, what they rehearse, they'll become. And equally this situation we probably need to be really clear about the outcome that we're after and then when we think about that our next tip really what do we want i reward a lot of four on the floor yeah i reward a lot of stillness i reward a lot of calmness we reward static stands we reward sit your bottom on the floor we yeah. reward a lot of what we do want boundaries calmness triad yeah. calmness protocol all the games that you guys might play in the training academy yeah. and in fact there's a there's a, a great lesson on the youtube channel about inspiring calmness and the calmness triad so again another things- reason to check it out no excuse literally it's free content you can get out there and have a look at it we've put it together for you go and have a look and and for me this is really really powerful stuff in the sense that actually um you can see the 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 brain sort of ticking and going yeah okay this is what i do do this is what i can do these are the areas i do work in and so you start to see a completely different picture definitely and so next tip you know kind of leading on from that is invest in boundary games right and what boundary games are is saying right you you stay on your bed um or you know your cardboard box or your whatever it is it's tree stump whatever hop up there stay there nice and calmly and relaxed until you are released from that area no matter what is going on around you now there are a series of games to build that they're called boundary games and um, there's actually a, a digital download of all the different um, boundary games that that we play to get a dog up to that level on the absolute dog store that you can you can go and check out but what what you know at the foundation of all of that is dogs will go where the value is the cool thing is is because you know we're working with their daily food allowance and their food we get to in a way prescribe where the value goes so instead of you know the value being in your arms excitement fun and whatever else actually how about we we drip feed food their their daily food allowance onto their bed in the area where typically they might be you know on your face all over you doing wall of death around the the living room in turn what we do is we anchor them and they're they're there because they want to be there because that's where the value is now target training has such a fantastic place in dog training and effectively your target training and effectively well it's a very very effective method and i suppose just to add to that tip consider how you're using your dog's daily food we do ditch the bowl we do ditch the routine and right now for mango that that's exactly where her food is going. Stillness, yeah. calmness, calmness triad, um, all of the things that we show you on the YouTube channel, all of the things that we play throughout the training academy, uh, four feet on the floor. This is where her food's going. Yeah. We're not putting it into, I don't know, spinning and twisting and jumping and, and bouncing. Um, at no point would I be working on those things with her right now, whilst I know there are other things to combat, to battle, to yeah. work through. Absolutely. So I guess we can round this off with the final you know, rule almost. We're we're not kind of massively rules-based, but this is a rule. And that is that you really need to make sure that your dog is getting enough rest. Because we see this often that dogs, when they're not sure what to do, when they're, you know, their bucket's full, when they're so exhausted that the lights are on but no one's home, they just start bouncing and jumping up at you. And that's the time when they'll be jumping up and, you know, mouthing you and grabbing your clothes and whatever else. And that could have all been avoided, not through training, but actually through the lack of interaction letting them rest whether that be in a a puppy pen a crate a room of the house helping them out with that by giving them a a long-lasting chew or a lickable canine calm mat from AO canine whatever it might be let's inspire them to rest and in turn they'll then be in the right headspace to behave appropriately i mean 
I think really we could talk all day about struggles like this. The most important thing is we start to drive towards the solution and we start to see what we do want and we start to reinforce what we do want with the daily food that we have to do that with and we grow them in the direction we want to grow them. So with that, you've got some homework. The first one is to head to the YouTube channel and watch that demonstration, that game that we play to stop jumping up. Secondly, while you're there, you need to watch the calmness teaching that's over on that YouTube channel and make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel to get further episodes every single week. And thirdly, grab a copy of the Boundary Games digital download, play the games, take action. And and what we need to do is we need to move from, you know, this this problem-based mindset of saying, actually, you know, I see the problem. Now we move to the solution and we take action on it. That was this episode of the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast. It was jumping up. It's one of those that absolutely can be transformed. You just need to take action. We will see you in the next episode. And remember, stay sexy. Hey, before you go, have you taken part in the worldwide Sexier Than a Squirrel Challenge? It's a 25-day online video program, huge energy, amazing community, and over 6,000 people are already taking part. The only question is, you know where you are today, where do you want to be 25 days from now? Head to absolutedogs.me forward slash sexy.